You know, I want to encourage you to be hungry and to be thirsty. Um, I think more and more as I, as I journey with the Lord, I realize that those, those two prerequisites are, are something that transform your life in, in a greater way than, than you could potentially think. Um, it's not about human effort, and, and it's not about uh, finding different methodologies in any way, shape, or form, but it's really just about communing with God. And when, when we commune with Him, um, He changes us. And, uh, and much like, like this morning now, as we spend time in worship, He worked in, in our hearts. And if you weren't aware of His presence, then I want to encourage you right now that ask the Lord to help you become aware of his presence. Um, in preparing for the message today, the Lord gave me an image. And in, in this image, it was an image of a waterfall. And as um, people were coming to the waterfall, I saw that they had containers. And they used these containers to come in and get water from the waterfall. But as you can imagine, getting water directly from a waterfall is not always the easiest thing. It's powerful, and uh, the containers are hard to, to keep hold of. But as I saw, what would happen is they would place it in and take it out, and whatever remained in the container is what they, what they kept. And they had containers of, of, of different sizes, and then they would go back to their families and, and to their friends and their communities. But what I saw as well was that there were different, uh, different levels of proximity. And uh, the larger uh, containers, those people were closer to the waterfall, and the smaller containers, those people were further, further away. But what I also noticed was that the closer people were to the waterfall, so too did the, did the regularity with which they visit the waterfall increase. So it actually was almost inverse. You would think that with the smaller container, you would visit it longer. Um, so I asked the Lord, what, what is he telling me with this image? What is, it that, what is the, the message he wants to convey? And uh, the Lord asked me uh, uh, two questions. But first I just wanna say what each element represents. Obviously the waterfall, the water represents the Holy Spirit. And uh, the containers represented the amount we believed we, uh, we could receive from him. And the proximity was how regularly someone needed to return to him. So the question he asked me, the first one was, what size container do you believe you have concerning your capacity to receive from me? And then the second question was, but do you believe that the container is actually my will for my people? You see, because when we go to the Lord and we have this container and we only receive a little bit and we go out again, what we're saying is, is I only believe this much. But actually he's saying there should be rivers of living water that overflow from within you. It shouldn't be something that we only visit. For many of us, we're okay with experiencing a bit and a piece of God. We're okay with encountering him from time to time. We're okay with saying we really need to meet up. Most adult relationships tend to be that way, friendships. You know, we, re we should really meet up for coffee, and then six months later you bump into the person, and we should really meet up for coffee. And we're okay with that with God for some reason, so many of us. We're okay with, with small little experiences of Him. And the problem is, is that we've, we've settled for thinking that the presence of the Lord Most High is something and not His very self. We need to realize that he does never leave us nor forsake us, but we need to realize that we need to be in constant communion with him. And that Jesus says, come to me. So my first point is, 
blessed dependence. It is a blessing to be dependent on God. It's not a hindrance. And this dependence on Him will bring about more fruit in your life than you can imagine. So you can turn to John 7:37. so long. In, in this scripture, it's one of the come to me scriptures. If you remember a phrase today, it would be come to me. This is what it says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Do not outsource your faith to someone standing on a stage and preaching the word to you. But come to him daily and commune with him daily and meet with him in every moment and know that his spirit is always with you and his spirit is inside of you. We should be, we should be containing and housing his spirit, but please also understand that it's not just for us, but that there should be rivers of living water that overflow from within us. But please also know that we are carriers of his spirit. And when we are carriers of his spirit, what that, what that means is we influence that around us because of him, because of who he is. He changes everything around to be in conformity with his image. We need to be carriers of his spirit. You see, the, these rivers of living water overflow from within us because we come to him and drink. And we can only give that which we have received but we can only receive if we're willing to believe and become dependent. In Genesis, we see this occur, and, and often when we, we read that story of Adam and Eve and the temptation and the fall, we often get to the conclusion of, okay, we mustn't sin. That's, that's the moral of the story, don't sin. But there's something so much bigger there, and I wanna just read to you Genesis 2 verses 15 to 17 so long, and it says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So we, we, we read that and we continue reading on and we, we arrive at the conclusion, okay, so there was a separation because of sin. And then when we come to Christ, we are thankful that he has sorted out the problem of sin and that we now can be in communion with God. And that's great and that's wonderful and it's true. But there's something, if we go a little bit deeper, there's, there was another tree. This tree was the tree of life. And this tree was a tree that they should, have, should be eating from. But this tree, I would say to you, would have represented something, much like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There was actually a choice presented before Adam and Eve, and actually we have that same choice today, every day. It's just in a different way. And this choice was, are they dependent on God for life, or are they independent from God with the knowledge in their own wisdom? So do you choose to be dependent on God for your very life, the tree of life? Or do you choose to be dependent on man's ways, on, on maybe whatever self-help book you think is really good, or whatever speaker maybe really uh, gets you thinking about things? Are you dependent on that, or are you dependent on his very Holy Spirit? God Almighty himself. You see, they had to leave the garden when they chose to be dependent on their own wisdom there. 
there was a separation that occurred. But God, in, in all of his goodness, in, in all of his grace, he, he showed that there's going to be a plan and that he's going to implement it. And there was shedding of blood and they were covered. And Jesus shed his blood for us and we are covered. But we need to understand that when we choose to be independent from God, we will toil and we will work. But when we are dependent on God, that same work will come with a lot more ease. Now, I'm not saying that suddenly everything will come easy, but that there will be an ease and a simplicity. There will be a dependence, and we will understand that we are not doing things in our own strength. You see, dependence on God and independence from God both have consequences. What we often want to do is we want the consequences of dependence with the luxury of independence. And we think it's a luxury because we can do what we want. But much like little children, when they really, really, really want something, and I've got a, a little three-year-old, so I'm really learning about this, that the, the word no is not such a great no, a great word. And uh, when, when uh, we as human beings really want something, we can be quite stubborn about it, right? But we think independence is this amazing thing. It gives us the power, correct? But you see, the power with which you raise yourself will be the power with which you'll have to keep yourself there. And only when we are raised to a position by the power of the Holy Spirit and we are being used by the Holy Spirit in that very place that we're in, do we go and operate in line with His Word. And when we operate in line with His Word, things do come more easily. And it's not because it is easy, it's because He's working and not us. So Isaiah 55, verses eight and nine says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. Those rivers of living water do not flow because we're good, because we know a lot, or because of anything to do with ourselves, but simply because we position ourselves in a, in a place where we allow His Spirit to flow through us. If there's one thing we must understand, that it has nothing to do with our human effort, but to go back to that image, it has everything to do with our proximity to Christ. And when we are close to Christ, you will see that we will make better decisions, you will see that there will be a protection, because the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. But that doesn't always mean it's easy. So do not come in your own strength with a container that you think is adequate for your needs and be satisfied with the contents thereof only for yourself. But open yourself up to have rivers of living water overflow from within you. So I said, if you're gonna remember a phrase, it's the phrase, come to me. So here's the main scripture verse for today. It's Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30. So if you can please turn to that. We like verses 28 to 30 very much, and we can quote verses 28 to 30 very well. So I thought, let me start a little bit before, because it also shows a few other things. And from verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and have revealed them to babes. Human wisdom does not reveal scriptural truth. Human wisdom does not allow us 
to walk in spiritual power. And when we think we are wise in, our, in and of ourselves, we are set up to trip and fall. So I encourage you, yield to his presence. Yield to him. Continuing, it says, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And here's the promise. Here's the invite. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus invites us here, invites us to come to him. And here essentially Jesus is saying that human wisdom won't reveal spiritual truths, but we must come as a child, and that Jesus is the only way to the Father, and he's gentle and he's humble. And when we come to him, he takes the weight, he gives us instruction, but he also gives us rest. So we should come, and we should come with our burdens and our troubles and our hopes and our dreams. It's a full package that we need to bring, not only parts of it where we think we need help, but everything. See, come to me, he says, and be dependent on my strength. There's an exchange that occurs in that moment. You're kind of saying, I don't know. And because I don't know, I know that you know. Your ways are higher than mine. And he gives us both the rest and the ability to continue. There's an image I want to share with you from a, a book that I read, and this author kind of explains what walking in step with the Holy Spirit is. And the way he explains it, he says that God the Father gives each of us a torch, and this torch already has a flame burning. But when we walk in step and, and close to God the Father, that torch is very light, the burden is light. But when we go off on our, on our own way and we're not paying attention to what God the Father is telling us to do, we're not responding to Him, but we're doing it in our own wisdom, in our own knowledge, what happens is we're further away from Him and actually the torch gets really heavy. And suddenly the thing that we thought empowered us to do something is the very thing that weighs us down. That can be many things. You see, we often think that to live a life with God means to serve Him through practical means, and that is part of it, but we think that serving Him in practical means will draw us closer to Him. He says, first come to me, and then as a result of your time with me, those things will happen. You see, we walk with God and maybe he, he places us and he shows us, let's go here and we've got the torch. And a thing with this image that the author said was that this torch was also the very thing that you used to be able to do things. It could create, it could, it could change the, the environment around you. And we go to a place and this particular place is where God has called us. We know he's called us for this. We, we, are, we are sure of it, and we start working, and, it's, and things are going well, and, and we see signs and wonders, and we see miracles, and then suddenly it starts to weigh heavy on us, and suddenly we see less signs and wonders, and suddenly it starts to be that we toil and that we work. But we go, but God, you led me here, but God also began to walk further on, because he's used you as he wished in that area and you confused the good plans that God had in that moment for the rest of your life where you should be walking in step with him. Amen. And as you walk in step with him, 
What happens is you will have to let things go, you will have to leave things behind, even the good things, so that you can see more good things. You can see the Lord working. Why do I say this? Hebrews 10 verse 22 says this. I'm gonna be reading from the Amplified Classic and it says, let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance, nothing from our own, an absolute conviction engendered by faith by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience, and our bodies cleansed with pure water. I want to focus on the fact that it's leaning of the entire human personality, our entire being, on God. Nothing to do with our own strength. See, in the scripture, in Hebrews, these discouraged believers were encouraged to draw near to God, and today I encourage you, draw near to God. If you feel that maybe there's distance, if you feel like your prayers hit a ceiling, draw near to God. If you start to, if you, if you start to actually take note that the, the very thing that was maybe a joy to you is now no longer a joy, ask the question, God, what do you see in this? What do you say about this? It was said, this scripture was written because it is necessary. We need to continually draw near to him and we've been created to be near to him. In light of what Jesus did on the cross, we can draw near to him. We have access to the Father, that has been resolved. Jesus is the perfect high priest, that has been resolved. And Jesus set the problem of sin right. If you come to him, confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive them. So we can draw near with full assurance that we can have an intimate relationship with God. And we can worship him in spirit and in truth. So my second point is his presence causes us to worship. And we need to know that when we come to Jesus, we can't help but follow him. We can't help but worship him. So John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. To go back to that image of that torch, that torch gets heavy when we get our identity through work, education, pleasure, and thrills. When our identity is restored through complete dependence on the Lord, we reflect his light wherever we go. But when we get our identity through what we accomplish in work, through how we are raised up, through maybe the knowledge that we have as a result of education, through the pleasure we derive from the things that we do inclusive of work, and through perhaps how thrilling work is or whatever we're doing, that thought gets extremely heavy. Because it's no longer about him and we're no longer drawing our strength from him. We are no longer coming to him. You see, our supreme function is to reflect God's highest glory. Our purpose is not work, but through our work we reflect his glory. Through walking with him, people are impacted, his kingdom is extended, and people come to know him. If we have lost sight that our main purpose is to worship God and share the good news with others, I want to encourage you today, come back to the simplicity 
of the gospel, the good news. Because true worship is a man's full reason for existence. And when we come to the Lord, we cannot help but worship him. True worship that is pleasing to God creates within us, in our heart, in the human heart, a spirit of expectation and an insatiable longing. When we are truly worshiping God, we cannot help but expect more, and we cannot help but want more. But often when we think of that more, we think of things, but I'm referring to Him. We expect more of Him and we want more of Him. And when that happens, our lives are changed. So there are four ingredients of worship. We need to have confidence in him. We need to have admiration of who he is. We need to be fascinated with God. And we need to have an adoration of the Lord. See, David was a good example of this. He knew God enough and had boundless confidence in God's character and came to admire him and love him for his excellence. And if you go read the Psalms, you will see that there's a definite fascination in adoration of the Lord. Consecration is not hard for the person that has truly met God. And because we carry the sanctuary within us, because those rivers of living water are actually overflowing from within us, we can know and be confident that he is always with us and that when we are attuned to what he's saying, that we live a life of true worship. Because true worship that is pleasing to God will radiate through our entire life and others will see it, but we need to yield. We need to yield to his presence. We need to yield to his plans. It is an attitude of worship that allows us to admit dependence and come to him. We need to know that it is out of our fiery worship that God will call us to what we need to do. He doesn't want you to start the next big religious project. He wants you to come to him and when you come to him, he will lead you in what you need to do. So my final point is dependence on the Lord brings strength. Continuing in Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30, I wanna just open up with a, with a quote by Spurgeon. He says, come unto me, to Jesus himself we must come by a personal trust, not doctrine, ordinance, nor ministry are we to come first, but to the personal savior. As we come to this personal savior, we know that our burdens are relieved, but our sights and our focus are reestablished where they should be, and we are directed. We need to uh, admit that we need to be dependent on him, and as we are dependent on him, that we no longer want to live in self-sufficiency, because labor implies the burdens that we take upon ourselves. It is because of our own wisdom and wanting to be our own bosses and our own God that we place this labor upon ourselves. But it's when we are heavy laden, that implies the burden that others put upon us. And Jesus has an answer for both. He's saying, take my burden and my yoke. He answers those two questions for us. Another theologian says, this isn't a call to a lazy or indulgent life. There is still a yoke to bear and a burden to carry. Yet, with and in Jesus, they are easy and light. Jesus' yoke is easy, not because it makes lighter demands, but because it represents entering into a disciple relationship. When we enter into a disciple relationship, come to me becomes follow me, because we cannot come to Christ and not follow him. So as we come to Christ and we follow him, 
This is what he says about what it means, how it looks. John 14, verse 12 to 14 says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And again, it's about worship, glorifying the Father. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, there is power in the pronouncement of the name of Jesus, but the true power comes when we are in alignment with his nature, with the nature of Jesus. So it means that we need to be in conformity to his nature. We cannot live after our own nature and worship after his. We have to live and worship in conformity to the nature of Christ. And actually that word uh, that Rob shared, that's what we're doing. When we're placing Christ, when we clothe ourselves with Christ, we have to be in conformity to his nature. Be in conformity with his nature daily and worship to his nature. We need to be in alignment, and when his nature and ours begin to harmonize under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the power of his name begins to be felt. You know, I've heard testimonies of people walking into a place and the people in that area got healed. I heard testimonies of someone who they would be speaking at a particular area and there would be a 50 kilometer radius that anyone who entered, they got healed or they got slain in the spirit. And that had nothing to do with that person and everything to do with God. But I can tell you that person was in conformity to his nature. And we need to be in conformity to his nature. It is intimacy with God that causes the power of the Lord to be released through our lives. So many times we clamor for his benefits, but we need to know and understand that we should be seeking his face and being in his presence for no other reason than he is God. And when we go into his presence in that manner, you will see that there will be benefits. It is independence that we are humble enough to step out as needed and as required for the situation. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says that we have the mind of Christ. In Colossians 1.27, it says, Christ is in us and he is the hope of glory. We cannot serve God at our convenience. The power of God in our lives is not something we work for, but it's something that occurs because of our proximity to him. To be close to God is often inconvenient in a world that is always trying to draw you away from God. To serve God, we cannot do it at our convenience. We need to be dependent on Him. And while we are completely dependent on Him, when we posture our hearts in a way that causes us to humble ourselves before Him, because that's our job, we humble ourselves and He raises us up. Don't take His job, He's better at what He does. <laughs> and um, as we humble ourselves and are dependent on Him, these two things happen. Matthew 13, 44 speaks how the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Philippians 3, verse seven says, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted loss for Christ. It changes your priority and it changes what is a blessing to you. So as I draw to a close, I want to remind you that your fervent pursuit has nothing to do with how hard you try, but everything to do with worshiping him 
and living in conformity to his nature. So if you would like that, I would like to end off in a prayer. And if you'd like that, please stand. That if you want to live in blessed dependence, if you want to, even if you don't know what that means, even if you don't know what that looks like, that as of today, you will begin to live more and more daily in blessed dependence. So Father, we come before you in humility. And we thank you for how you solved the problem that started all the way in Genesis. And we know it has nothing to do with us. But today we come and we humble ourselves. And we know that your ways are higher than ours. So Holy Spirit, I ask right now for anyone who is hungry and thirsty, may you come move in their lives. Holy Spirit, I ask right now for anyone who's hungry and thirsty that you'll bring a radical change in their lives. Holy Spirit, we just come and we yield to you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you heal anyone who needs healing. I ask that anyone who doesn't know how to be, how to be dependent, may you open up their minds to what your scripture says. Holy Spirit, anyone who has not yet truly met you, I pray that right now they will have an encounter. As they're under the sound of my voice, I pray, Holy Spirit, that they will encounter you in Jesus' name. I pray for you, Holy Spirit, to come upon each and every one of us and that rivers of living water will flow from within us and that we will not try to stockpile it in containers with a limited view of who you are, but that we will yield to you. And as we yield to you, Lord, I ask that we will have the mind of Christ. Just take a moment and just let's pray in our heavenly language. Holy Spirit, I pray that anyone who has not yet been speaking in tongues, but they desire it, I pray that you release their tongues right now in Jesus' name. May we come into conformity with your image in Jesus' name. May we no longer try to live our lives in, in, in our ways, but may we be in conformity to your nature and may we worship in, in, in your nature, in Jesus' name. Come have your way in us and may we go out and share with others the very presence that you've placed upon us. May we be reminded that we are carriers of your presence and that in your presence, no one can, be remain, can remain the same. In Jesus' name, amen.